You're listening to the King of the Fourth podcast, offering in-depth analysis on all things Boston Celtics with your hosts, Jim and Mike Quigley. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the King of the Fourth podcast. I am Jim Quigley. My brother Mike is here. Eastern Conference Finals, game two about to start. And I got to tell you, Mike, I am not in a great mood. Um, COVID is just pissing me off. I'm at my wit's end with it. I went through a month in my own home of everyone in my family getting COVID. It just every 10 days, someone else knew got it. Then Al Horford gets COVID, and this is game one. And now I am flying out to Vegas to go see Pearl Jam, and that concert has been canceled because of two members getting COVID. I've had it, just had it with COVID. I don't like to swear too much, but honestly, fuck COVID. That's my opening take. The Celtics better win tonight. And, and Derek White's kid better be a prince or a princess because he's apparently missing the game for um, for the for tonight. Which, you know, you know hey, 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 it's a once in a lifetime. Your kid comes once. I, I get it. but It's not that special. I had a kid. <laughs> Watching it come out isn't anything special. You're not even going to remember you being there. <laughs> that too, and it doesn't even look human when it comes out. It looks all weird and slimy and gross. I don't know why it's all right. Anyways, about Pearl Jam, doesn't he have like three other bands he plays for? You can't find backup people. I know, just have a solo solo act. But I, I know, do something. I, I'd be happy with Eddie Vedder. Uh, all like, they play on Pearl Jam Radio them. is that band Earthlings, who and, suck. Oh, I love it actually. Oh. They they haven't sorry. <laughs> I haven't seen them in three years. I usually see them every year. They're not even coming to Boston, so I have to fly to Vegas. I don't even like Vegas that much. Vegas is just meh. But yeah. here we are. As for the Celtics, um, uh, you know, we have to kick us about, off. They, you know, great game six and game seven wins. You know, we'll touch on that briefly at the end of the pod um, if we have time. You know, game one. You, you, you go into this all of a sudden, two hours before the game, you lose two key cogs in Horford and Smart. I mm-hmm. think I underestimated how – I knew it would be a significant loss. I didn't. I really underestimated how much of a loss it would be against this Heat team. Um, some things went well. We can get into that. Some things went really bad, like a 22-2 to run in the third quarter and not being able to stop the pick and roll and Jimmy Butler just going off. Um, Mike, pick something and start talking about it, and we'll just go from there. That first half went really well. The first half, the Celtics had energy. They had their legs. I think that fatigue had – I think – I'm not trying to give the Celtics excuses, but I think that fatigue was a factor in the second half. Uh, I think we oh, could – Absolutely. absolutely. I, think we, I think we could see it on the defensive end more than the offensive end. And I think that Jimmy Butler's impact on the defensive end in the second half changed the game. And Tatum and Brown, when their shot's not going and when they're going to the rack and they're not getting calls, they tend to turn the ball over. It's a bad trend, and I think we saw it multiplied by like a 1,000 in the third quarter on the other night with Tatum. You know, six turnovers, not only were they so bad, there was a timeout that it was a good timeout that he called after the Max Strauss dunk. And they came out of that timeout with two straight turnovers that led to two wide open layups. Yeah, not this even is, going to the lane either. Just lazy you know, passes. Just lazy passes. Yeah. One to one to Grant Williams where Grant wasn't even looking for the ball and he wasn't open. It was just really bad. Yeah. Um the other the, one to the Ralph. Key for, 
the key for me that's going to really impact tonight's game now that Derek White's not playing is I thought when Tyler Hero came into the game in the first first quarter, that's when everything shifted confidence wise for the Heat and their offense really picked up. You know what they, they started? They doing? went. They, they went just um, running pick and rolls. Yeah, and I think they went like seven out of the next eight shots to makes, um, and then that carried over throughout really the rest of the game. Um, Gabe Vincent got hot. Uh, and Jimmy Butler was getting to the free throw line a lot. And I think those free throw shots turned into confidence where he was hitting everything he put up in. I was really impressed with Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero. And I think I underestimated how good they actually are. That's my takeaway. Yeah. So to get to the um, when things you hit on a lot, I think fatigue was definitely an issue. Um, I, I, you could see it in that second half. Um, I think the not just the games of six and seven, but not having Horford and Smart, you're trying to do some things differently than you typically do. Um, you know, you 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 wanted Derek White to give you more offensively. He didn't. So they end up having to go to Peyton Pritchett a lot in that second half, especially when they got down. Um, he rose to the occasion offensively. Problem is that when Miami gets him on a switch with Butler, there's nothing Pritchett could do. I, I, if Butler can just muscle him down to the free throw line and then he has six inches to shoot over him. So even with max effort from Pritchett, he can't do anything to really defend that. Um, so, that, you know, usually you the Celtics have been really good throughout the entire playoffs and throughout the second half of the season, but whomever you switch on, they're ready for you. Uh, this game, they didn't have the personnel to do it. Um, Tyler Hero coming into the game, gave him a spot for sure, played well. But, again, I think it was a lot to do with the personnel the Celtics had on the floor. Without um, Horford and Smart, the Celtics didn't switch a pick and roll. Um, yeah, they, because they, they felt like they couldn't do it. They, the Celtics mm-hmm. always switched a pick and roll. Yeah. You know, And Horford okay. does a pretty good job of staying in front of the guard. Smart can pick up the big guy. It, it, they they really are able yeah. to connect on that well. Miami took advantage of that. And what you ended up seeing as the game went along is other things opened up because Celtics were helping more. The, the shots were cleaner from the outside. The things that the Celtics were really doing a good job the first five, six minutes of the game of contesting jumpers, that gets harder coming off the pick and roll now. Um, it, it just So just having Marcus Smart helps big time with that. Uh, Rob is going to have to show that he can switch that, which I think he can. Um, Smart obviously can switch out to a big pretty pretty easily without a huge yeah. early. Especially their bigs. And if they don't switch it, Smart's also good at scrambling to get to the guy he's supposed to be at. If they decide they, they don't want to switch that, Smart can get through a screen better than anybody on the Celtics to stay, yeah. stay on a man and make things difficult. Okay. I, I think... So there was definitely personnel issues. There were. Can I add another smart factor? Go ahead. Yeah, please. You no, know, you flip it over to the offensive side. Smart's been the guy all year. Even though we want Tatum and Brown to be that guy, uh, Smart's been the guy to calm them down. Smart He's always Horford. been the guy. Oh, yes. Good point. Yeah. yeah Smart and Horford, they, they settled them down a lot in that offense. You run that offense through Horford and Smart at the top of the key, kind of calm things down and get Tatum and Brown on actions going off of that. Um, obviously that was not available. And then yeah. I thought Derek Wright, you know, within that 22 to two run had a couple shots. He just passed up, including a force 
pass into Robert Williams that turned into a turnover. And at that point, he may basically gave up on white um, and took him out and went with Pritchard. I, you know, the Celtics did a great job offensively of attacking in that first half, getting to the hoop. Miami, I thought we were slow adjusting to that second half. Miami um, really congested that paint area a little bit, played off the shooters a little bit more. Um, because they have a lot of faith in themselves, and rightfully so, that they can still contest those shots even, you know, with the extra help. Um, but the Celtics didn't do a good job of reading that. You know, they 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 almost over-dribble drive right into that that congestion and into, you know, uh, a traffic jam, essentially, instead of, you know, getting to the paint with one step, maybe kicking out, keep the ball movement, and eventually having something open up like for an hour lob. Um, the opportunities were there, you know, not having smart in that case, I think really hurts having a lack of ball handlers really hurt them having yeah. a lack of there really hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, so how they adjust tonight, you know, I think smart helps a ton, especially Me on the too. defensive side. I think he helps a ton if he's healthy. I do think not having Derek White hurts. Um, yep. I saw, I think White- it hurts with Tyler Hero. Yeah, I saw White in the series as a guy that was going to come in and, and play hero um, yeah. and play the shooters. You you saw him out on Strauss early in that game and really bothered Strauss early in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, too, with, with, with White out, that it increases Pritchard's minutes, and he's been exposed on the defensive end when he's in there too long. Obviously, Pritchard can stretch you out, but it definitely is – Miami's attacking it. And then the other thing is it forces a guy like Aaron Neesmith to play who made some great defensive plays and brought some energy to the game, but also is extremely unreliable on the offensive end where he's almost a zero. So it's, um, it's a huge factor when you have two guys out, you know, if it was just Derek white and we had Al Horford, you know, we could go into this thinking, you know, Neesmith isn't going to play, but now Neesmith is going to play minutes in a, in a really big game not a must win but the closest thing you would get to a must win so i uh, so it's a big deal not having white tonight it's um yeah i still think i still think the celtics can pull it out obviously but uh, to me it, i know he's i've been down on him but it is a big loss because of what the pressure he can put on strauss and hero yeah and it limits you know it and it's another ball it stretches guys thin i i think mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think when Pritchard's in there, they have to do something differently. They can't just, you know, Jimmy Butler comes on a switch. They got to come with some sort of trap on that when Pritchard's in the game. I was thinking that yeah, or a matchup zone. I get them out of it. I, they really haven't been zoned throughout the year. And I, 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 maybe they can do it. I think it's hard to institute at this point in the year if it's not something that's part of your DNA. Um, these guys have been really good with the their scheming but they gotta add they but you're right they gotta add a wrinkle in because they can't just let Pritchard go one-on-one against um Jimmy Butler I actually thought Pritchard did a pretty good job on Harrow he picked him up full court Harrow a couple times really got irritated by Pritchard in fact he was barking at him going into a Miami timeout um oh. in that third quarter uh so if Pritchard could just pick him up full court and he's capable of doing that I, I think on the Harrow, he could have some success. Harrow still has the advantage, no doubt about it. Um, 
But they it's they have like to they have to make some adjustment when he's in the game. They and, have to. And not let him get killed. It, it, you just can't do that. Um, I don't know if they play Neesmith tonight. He made some, you know, good hustle plays, a couple of blocks. He also made some really dumb plays defensively yeah. where he got caught in the air and up fakes. Um, he didn't look ready offensively at all. His shot, shot still looks like it has no chance. Um, and outside of that, you know, he's just dribbling to nowhere. But outside I, of him, I can't even name the guys on the roster. You might have to go seven. Yeah, you know, like you know, this is the Eastern Conference Finals. You might just have to survive and go seven. You can't have someone come in and give you negative minutes. And although you know he had some moments, I thought some of them were negative. I thought there were some negative moments in there. And when you're already stretched paper thin, I'd be worried about that. Um, and he had a, he had a really bad turnover too. Well, I mean everybody did except probably Rob Williams. Uh, Grant's got to play better. That's another guy who needs to play better tonight. Yeah, Grant Grant for sure needs to pay, play better. Um, you know, again, a lot's being asked of him. He essentially has to fulfill that Al role now and on top of his shooting and his defense. Um, but he didn't have a great game, shooting game. Jalen Brown, the first three quarters I thought was terrible. I thought that was one of the worst basketball games he's played in a long time. I expect I have a lot of confidence of a bounce back game from him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's built for the playoffs the way he plays. So I have a lot of confidence. I thought, you know, it was good to see a shot get going in the fourth. It was good to see him making free throws in the fourth um, because all that was a real struggle throughout the course of the game. Tatum struggled in that second half, particularly with Travis. Yeah, I expect I mean, a bounce back from him. Um, but. I, uh, what I worry I actually, about, I do worry about what happened to them in that third quarter. I do too. Not a twenty-two to two run, but how much legs are these guys going to have? And you know, yeah. when when can they play through that wall when it comes? Because it's going to come at some point during the game. I think. Well, well against Miami. Know. Yeah, absolutely. I so for me, you know. The things that I we need to see improvement on right away is, you know, the free free throw discrepancy. The Celtics had just as many free throw attempts as Miami. The biggest difference was Miami was making them. The Celtics missed eight. Yeah. Uh, you you know Absolutely. you add eight, you add six points to that at the end of the game. Maybe they're still in it with three minutes left. You know, I don't know. Yeah. The other the other part of it, you talk about that third quarter. These are two completely different teams, the bubble team and this team. But there are some similarities in what happened to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum that would happen to them against Miami in the bubble. Specifically, you think about game six and when they were down, you know, 3-1 the start the series in the bubble where you would hit that Miami wall and those two would go into ISO mode and turn the ball over a lot. So I want to see a better... Uh, we need better. The Celtics need a better Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum moving forward. I think we've seen it throughout this playoffs that they'll have that, but they need it tonight. I mean, this is yeah. Uh, tonight is tonight is the night where you need your stars to to take over. I know what you're saying with the similarities, and it's the same. They're playing the same team and all that. Look, I get that. I think circumstances are different, and I also think it's not just the playoffs that Tatum's played particularly differently. I think it's been an entire season. Um, and when he's come off a bad game in the playoffs, he's really responded quite well. Um, yeah, 
You know, to, maybe the yeah, hasn't been perfect, but the play has been solid. And, yeah, we need and that I, tonight. Yeah, and I, I expect to see that. Um, I think a lot of that was not having a real point guard out there with them last night, uh, two nights ago, whatever it was now. Um, I, but they do. They they need to be better, and they have to be – they can't just be solid. They need to be really good, um, which is putting a lot on anybody with that type of expectation to try to pull off a win tonight. Yeah. Uh, tonight's not a must win. Uh, you know, you go home and you can take two and you, you're still a series. But it's a really important game. It, it, it changes the trajectory of this entire series being down 2-0 or if this series is tied 1-1. Um, you know, one other point on the last game, too, is I hated that they came back, which sounds weird in that fourth quarter. Because they really, played more. Yeah, and I felt like it was fool's gold. They were getting some dump fouls from Miami. I was getting into the line. I wanted them to just all come out in the fourth, particularly Tatum and Brown, and, and just sit, get off their feet, instead of playing 40 minutes of um, hard-nosed Eastern Conference Finals basketball, which they ended up doing. I would have rather have seen a Dallas situation last night, honestly. Yeah. Where things just fell apart. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't, I, I don't think coming back and that happening at the end of the game makes no difference for game two. Um, yeah, it was it was frustrating. I mean, you had that twenty-two to two run, and then the third quarter, the Celtics went on that nine to two run. They kept getting there to like seven or eight, and then Miami. Yeah. I know in the fourth quarter there was one. So Tatum hit a three, we got it to eight, and Miami came down, hit a three, yeah, back to Miami eleven. Hit three threes, yeah. And then Brown came down, hit a three, got it back down. Then Miami hit back to back to back threes. It was yeah. just like. They couldn't miss, but also the Celtics defensively were just really bad. So. Well, they were just abusing that Pritchard matchup, and the yeah. Celtics are bringing help, and then shooters are open. That's what happens when you don't have smart. Like, if, um, sometimes, like sometimes, but it, Jimmy it, Butler also hit some really tough shots. He hit some tough shots, particularly on yeah. the one on Tatum in the corner. But he was also and the one at the end of the shot clock. But he was also, also able to like. But he started feeling good. Get Pritchard. He got that Pritchard match up a bunch, and he was able to get downhill and get to the free throw line and get going. Why does um, he get the calls, but you don't see Brown or Tatum ever get those calls? Like the Jimmy Butler free throw treatment to me, like they're fouls. They are. Yeah. But on the other end, I don't, I don't see Brown and Tatum getting that kind of support. Uh, I haven't seen it actually throughout the entire playoffs. Um, I don't think either one of them have been in double digits. Uh, I think Tatum gets one of the worst style calls in the league. And I don't get it. Is it because he complains so much? I think so. I think yeah. so. But that that's that's on the officials, too. You can't let that determine whether you blow the whistle or not. Tatum's going to be mm-hmm. better about his reaction. But is his reaction going to get any better if he's never getting the call? So it's like yeah. a chicken and egg. You see yeah. what that does for Jimmy Butler's game. And it's oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's... What an advantage for Miami if they're gonna get if, if they're gonna call Jimmy Butler like that, you know, maybe it's on Coach Udoka to say something that Tatum deserves that same treatment. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you, I don't know how you combat that other than playing better defense, not following. But at the same time, you know, if Tatum got that kind of treatment too, what that would do for for the Celtics would be incredible. So I know we got to end, unfortunately, quickly. We're both in between work Working. right now, just yeah. on our lunch break. Things I'm looking for tonight. How the Celtics defend the pick and roll, especially with Smart out. Are they going to 
continue to not switch that. Real that quick, can, can email Doka coach tonight? Has that been settled yet? He's going to be on the sidelines. Yeah, so it's not health and safety, as far as I know. So he was just, not you know. yeah, okay. so are they going to switch that or are they going to, you know, not switch and have Smart fight through it? I hope it's a switch. Um, how they handle Peyton Pritch's minutes defensively and, and on offense, you know, dribbling into traffic, reading that beforehand, you know, moving the get, getting downhill, moving the ball. Um, and also, look, there were some mid-range jumpers that were available. Miami's running up the three-point line, and then they're kind of packing the paint with help. That 18, 17 to 18-foot jump shot that's a bad shot in the regular season, that's a good shot in the playoffs, and, yeah. and you got to make them. Before I go to my key to victory tonight, um, I have some text messages from a listener here and my supervisor at work, Felicia Pierce. Mm-hmm. Uh, who said, uh, tell your brother Jimmy that the Celtics suck. I hope they lose by 150. <laughs> She's a Knicks fan. And she says, Kyrie till I die, Kyrie for life. So one of our uh, one of our Celtic podcast listeners is messing with us today. Um, I have no reaction. Uh, I, 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 could, <laughs> I could say something, but she's a Knicks fan. I mean, that's, that's tough enough. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's tough you, enough. You know, they haven't even had 10 wins in the playoffs this century. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, that's tough. Yeah. You know, their, their best player missed the layup to win the championship. Um, I all oh, poor Patrick Ewing. But anyway, so I'm keeping Andrew it Jones, simple. Patrick Ewing. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm going to keep this simple. Don't turn the ball over. If you limit the turnovers, I feel like it's really similar to, to um, the last series. I feel like the, if the Celtics limit the turnovers, they're going to win. I feel yeah. like that. I, I I do. I just feel like, you know, even if your defense isn't where it's at, the offense was so good in the first half of Miami that if they can figure out how to limit those turnovers, they're going to find the, the matchups and opportunities to score. Just because I think the Celtics have so much more size than Miami, that gives them a good advantage in offense when they're locked in. So um, size on the wing positions in particular. And with the way Rob's playing and the pressure he puts on Bam for the alley-oop and he sucks Bam away from help, I I just, you know, figure out a way to be stronger with the ball, to to be there and present for the entire game, and, and you got this. If the Celtics do turn the ball over, I think that's the key for Miami to, to victory, turn the Celtics over. And you, you hit on something that we should have mentioned during the pod, one real – Important positive for the Celtics. Rob looks great. I thought he ran out of gas in that uh, fourth quarter, third, fourth quarter, and, you know, he cramped up. That has a lot to do with him just not getting that type of minutes in a long time. So hopefully he's more accustomed to that because he looked like Rob in that first half in particular. He really looked like the old Rob Williams, and and that's a huge thing if that's going to continue to be the case. Absolutely. All right, go Celtics. Let's split this series. All right. No COVID positives. Uh, Please. I hate COVID. I hate COVID. <laughs> All right. Bye.